If your faith in Christ is not leading you to live a lifestyle of devotion to Jesus, then you're in danger. It's a message that America needs to hear today. everybody. Welcome to Gospel Saving Church, everybody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Love to preach God's Word. It's such a privilege for me to be here. I'm Pastor Ed Spagnoli, Gospel Saving Church, and we love to have you. We want to welcome you from SoundCloud and coming to the website, gospelsavingchurch.com, or if you're listening from, you know, iTunes, wherever you're coming from, we want to welcome you all over the world. God bless you, and Thank you for joining us. Also from YouTube, I also I'm being video recorded now, getting used to that. So praise be to God. We're, we're moving up in the world. We're growing as a little church and just out of our house in McKinney, Texas. But um, if you're listening and you're in the area, I want to give you a personal invite. We'd love to have you just in our little house church. You're welcome. Come and, and join us here in the house instead of just listening on the radio. And we'd love to have you come and, and join our little church. And so God bless you anyway. Let's pray, and then uh, we'll read our message, we'll read our sermon, we'll read our scripture, and then we'll teach. So, Lord, if you join me with a word of prayer, please. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word says, for all. if two or more are gathered in your name, Jesus, you'll be there. And, Lord, we know that there's two or more gathered here and, and all over the world, Lord God, together to listen to this message, Lord. And so we know that you are here. So by faith, we just thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are here, and we just want to welcome you, Lord Jesus, our guest of honor. Lord, you are the guest of honor here at this place today. We just thank you so much, Lord God, for coming here and joining us. And, and Lord, we ask that you would anoint this message, anoint my lips to speak properly, Lord. Anoint this message, anoint your words here, Lord God. And we just ask, Lord God, as I speak them, and Lord, they would reach out to people and reach out to us. And, and caught us to the heart, Lord, today. We have a powerful message today, Lord God. And so, Lord, I just pray that you, by your word, Lord, would go forth into people's hearts, Lord, and you would change what needs to be changed and, and make better what needs to make, be made better. And, and uh, we just welcome you and your work and your power in our lives, Lord God. We love you and we praise you. Please keep distractions away, Lord. Keep that devil, Lord. You said that the enemy of our souls comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. Lord, I pray he would have no dominion in this place, Lord. I pray your Holy Spirit would keep him out, would bind him, as we read a week or two ago, Lord God. We pray your Holy Spirit would bind him away from this place, block him out of this place, block him out of the recording, Lord, block him out of all things that could go wrong today, and even in those people's lives that, we're, that are listening right now all over the world. We, Lord, we pray as they go to start to listen to this message, no distractions would come. Lord, we can do all kinds of other things, Lord, but if we start to do something for you, read your word, pray, whatever it is, go to church, all of a sudden, all kinds of things come up and all kinds of things come up and happen. I pray you block those things, Lord God, by your Holy Spirit. Just go with this message all over the world, Lord God. We just love you and we praise you. And we ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So if you guys want to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12. We're going to be in verses 33 through 37 today. And I'm going to read the uh, title first before I read the section of Scripture. The title is, 
out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So once again, that's Matthew 12, 33 through 37. And the title is, Out of the Abundance of the Heart, the Mouth Speaks. So I'm going to read our section of scripture, and then we're going to teach it. Jesus is still speaking here, and he says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. But I say to you, that every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. Ooh. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Wow. We have a very powerful section of Scripture today. In fact, this message, this, these words that Jesus spoke are probably some are the more powerful words that Jesus ever spoke in all his entire ministry. And you'll see why. Our location, still the Sea of Galilee. The multitudes plus the disciples are all still gathered together. They're all still surrounding Jesus. Jesus is still responding or talking to the, talking to the Pharisees about their attack on him. And what they did, you know, how they spoke to him and about him, saying that, you know, you cast out demons by the ruler of the demons. So it's all the, still the same scenario. They're all still gathered together. Everything's all still the same. Last week, Jesus told us about all the consequences of those accusations that the Pharisees had against him. You know, the consequences of attributing the power of the Holy Spirit to, uh, to the work of the devil. And we learned that those consequences were what? They were no forgiveness. And no forgiveness equals hell. So if we attribute the power of God's Holy Spirit to the devil, then what happens is, is we lose any chance by God to be forgiven, period, the end. Last week, Jesus... This week now, Jesus is directly speaking to the Pharisees about what kind of people that they are. As I said earlier, these are very powerful words by Christ, some of the most powerful that he's ever spoken, ever. And we, and we know that's true because just the last two verses, and I'll read them again just for what the Bible says, but I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. Wow, I'm just, just think about that. Every idle word you speak, you'll stand before God and give an account of that idle word before God when you die. And for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. That means the words that you speak now, when you're in this life now, that when you die, those words that you speak will either justify you or they'll condemn you. That is very, very, very powerful. The Bible says in Proverbs that out of the, of the multitude of words, bring sin. So we, we ought to, anybody, anybody everywhere ought to really think, should I be speaking the words that I'm speaking? I mean, words are very, very, very powerful. But let's get into even more in depth because it even goes deeper than that. Let's start digging in our verse 33 and let's read it and let's see why what Jesus said was so powerful. I'm going to read it again. We're going to talk about it. Jesus says in Matthew 12, 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. A tree is known by its fruit. Jesus, what he did there, he basically spoke a very powerful truth of creation. He spoke about God's trees in God's creation. And he said... A good tree is going to produce good fruit. A bad tree is going to produce bad fruit. A tree, though, will be known by, from whatever fruit that it produces. That's what a tree will be known by. 
Remember, I told you a long time ago, but I refresh it now, that Jesus used agricultural terms to talk to these Jewish people because they understood agricultural lifestyle. They understood an agricultural lifestyle. They were not city people. Even the city, po even the city peoples in that day, they, a lot of them farmed and so on and so forth. They were very agricultural people of the land. But here, even in our text today, we see this common sense scripture here, even though I wasn't born in the country, and I'm not a southern kind of country person, I was born in the city, but I even understand this scripture. A good tree produces good fruit, a bad tree produces bad fruit. And the period, the end. You can't even argue with it. A good slash healthy tree will only produce good slash healthy fruit. And vice versa, a bad or sick tree will only produce bad or sick fruit. It's very common sense. In fact, I even just for the heck of it, just think, well, I am a city boy. I want to make sure I went on the Internet, which is a wonderful tool for, you know, witness and a w wonderful tool for learning and all that. I went on the Internet and I just for the heck of it, I searched good tree producing bad fruit. And guess what I came up with? A big fat goose egg. Didn't come up with one result on a good tree producing bad fruit or a bad tree producing good fruit. All I found was these two top searches. I found if a tree is healthy, how to make it healthier, how to keep it healthy by digging around it and fertilizing it and so on and so forth and keeping that good tree healthy and vice versa. I found that when you have a sick tree or a bad tree that you're supposed to do some things and you know this, that and the other thing and you can make it healthier so that it can be well, so it can be a good tree, but never, not even one, not one period one at all, big goose egg, on a good tree producing bad fruit. So Jesus speaks a very powerful truth, just, a, just, a, just an honest truth of creation. Okay? Jesus finishes with, a tree is known by its fruit. Again, another very powerful true statement. A tree is known by its fruit. Contextually for our scripture and not contextually for our scripture. What do I mean by that? Well, we always talk about context. What is the context of the section. In our context, our section here is a sick or bad tree is going to produce sick or unhealthy fruit, so, and vice versa, a good tree is going to produce good fruit, but not contextually. Not contextually, this is even true. Does a pear tree produce an apple? Absolutely not. Does a banana tree produce an orange? No. Does a fig tree produce an olive? No. Does a pecan tree produce a walnut? Absolutely not. We even learned that from Genesis, and we can see it in our creation today. These apple trees don't produce oranges. God said that a, a tree, a, a bush, would only produce after its own kind. So an apple tree produces apple trees. An orange tree produces orange trees. A pecan tree produces pecan trees. And it even works for contextual, contextualness, you know, because in, in context, as I just talked about, a bad or sick tree only produces bad or sick fruit. We have a, a few trees on our property here at our home that we, you know, have our church on. And one of our most beautiful trees is this probably 100-year-old pecan tree in the backyard. And why do I bring this up for our scripture? Well, because years ago, we've been in our house, you know, a long time, six or seven years, but years ago, all of a sudden, our pecans started getting funky. Uh, they were falling, and they, we'd crack them open, and they just started looking nasty. They just started looking sickly. They just started looking unhealthy. And so as we, you know, day after day after day, especially when they, we'd see them producing on the trees and then we'd hear them falling on the roof and falling on the carport outside and we'd hear them and we'd go, oh, you know, pecans. And then we'd, we'd go outside, go to work, you know, we'd open them up often, you know. And then as we kept opening them up and they kept getting, you know, they just looked worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. We knew our pecan tree was sick. We knew it was sick. We knew it wasn't well because of its fruit that it bore. We, you know a tree by its fruit. We knew our pecan tree was sick by its fruit. We later went on to investigate it. We found what was wrong with it and we've, we've administered some cures to hopefully help it, you know, become a good healthy tree. But as of right now, it is a sick tree and it produces sick, bad fruit. So what Jesus said here, a tree is known by its fruit, is both correct contextually and not contextually. Trees bear kind after their own kind. Pears bear pears, apples bear apples, and trees also, bushes also, if they're sick, they produce sick fruit. So Jesus speaks truth on all levels. Amen?
God doesn't ever lie to us. He is uh, the only one, and his word is the only one that we can trust. All right, so Jesus gives us, a, gives us this example of trees and their fruit. And he did it, we already talked about, to make an agricultural point to these people, you know, because they understood agriculture. But why did he use this called an allegory? That's what it is, he, where he used a spiritual idea, used an idea of one thing to talk about something else. Why did he do this? He always did this. He used a spiritual thing. He gave a thing like a thing of agriculture, and then he, he went to something else, and he talked about something else using that point that he made on agriculture. Why use this allegory? Why? Well, here's why what God showed me. I don't watch football much, and I hardly ever watch boxing. But here's one thing that Jesus was doing with these guys. When I used to watch football, I'll never forget, a good offensive team would, as they were rolling, as they were going, they, they'd wanna, they always wanted to keep the defense off guard. So what they do is, and you probably know that if you're a football fan out there, you'd go a lot short. Little short two, three, four yard passes, little short runs, little power, powerful short runs right up the middle. And as you've got the defense focused on, they're going short, they're going short, they're going short, they're going short. Every now and again, you want to throw them off guard with a big long bomb, a big long Hail Mary, because they're not expecting it. They're expecting the short, they're short, they're short. And you catch them off guard with the long bomb. And vice versa in boxing. A good boxer goes in close and he goes up close and he hits and he short jabs and he left hooks a little bit and he keeps the guy in short, keeps the guy in close. And then sporadically to catch him off guard, he draws back and he hits him with a big roundhouse. And the guy may not be expecting it if he's not that good of a boxer because, hey, well, I was used to that guy being in short. It's the element of surprise. It was the long bomb. It's the it's the uppercut, the big roundhouse. And that's exactly what Jesus was doing here in verse 34. Let's look at this verse in 34. Just the question. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? Look at that question. He just talked to him about how a bad tree, sick tree, only can produce bad or sick fruit. And now he goes right at them. He uses this allegory of a truth of creation against them to throw that big roundhouse, that big uppercut, that long bomb. They would have never been expecting this. He just wanted to get their attention. He exposed their true fruit. He surprised them with that long bomb. That's awesome. They would have had to agree with the fact that, yeah, a good tree produces good fruit, bad tree, bad fruit, sick fruit, yeah. You being evil, he tells them. You being evil, here in verse 34, how can you being evil speak good things? Out of the evilness will come evil. Out of the goodness will come goodness in a tree. Vice versa, look at yourselves. Look at yourselves. Out of, out of, how can you that are in, innately, inwardly evil, you can't produce good fruit out of your mouth either. So he uses this idea against them with this question. And of course, he does it. He's trying to wake them up. He's trying to show them, what are you doing? Stop attacking me. Why are you being like this toward me? And of course, as we just said, a tree is known by its fruit. And of course, these guys at this time, the way they were acting and the way that they were talking to him, they were being known by their fruit. Finish verse 34 with me after the question. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's where God actually gave me the title to this sermon this week. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's actually contextually exactly what Christ is speaking about here in this section. Good produces good, evil produces evil. And he's saying here, whatever abounds or overflows in your heart, whether evil or good, is what your mouth will speak. Same as healthy tree will only produce healthy fruit, evil tree or a bad tree or sick tree will only produce sick or bad fruit. And we know that biblically, we look at Matthew 23, 27, if you want to go there with me, we even see what was inside these Pharisees and these religious leaders. If you want to go there, Matthew 23, 27. 
And he says to the religious leaders, Jesus speaking, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which endear, indeed appear beautiful outwardly, like my sick tree in the backyard. It still looked pretty good. You know, you, if you really got out down really and looked at it innately, you could really see, well, wait a minute, what's, what's that up there? What's up there? But from afar, you'd look and go, eh, that tree looks pretty good. Why are these, why is its fruit bad? Here, he says to them, outwardly, you look beautiful. These Pharisees and these religious leaders, they, they adorn themselves and they dress themselves up to look so holy and so godly. But he says, but inwardly, uh, but inside, he continues on, inside are full of dead man's bones and uncleanness. So what do you expect on a sick tree? It's sick because it's sick. It's fruit sick because it's inside it's sick. These Pharisees were out of their mouths, were producing evil because inside of them was evil. They were speaking from dead man's bones. And again, Christ's making some very powerful statements to them, but also to us to wake them up. Although contextually, break off here just for a second, although what Christ says here contextually is at the Pharisees, it's directed toward the Pharisees, we all need to be looking at ourselves today because realistically, what he said to the Pharisees almost 2,000 years ago still holds true to this very day, 2013, almost 2014, it holds true for every person across the world to this very day. Out of the abundance of the heart, your heart, your mouth will speak. So let's go to verse 35 and continue on. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil. There's a lot to see here, so bear with me. There's a lot to see here. Notice first off, Jesus just doesn't say a good man bears good things out of his heart and a bad man bears bad things out of his heart. Notice he uses the terminology good and evil. According to the Bible, people aren't bad. People are evil, according to Christ. Good tree or good man, evil man. There is no such thing as a bad person in the Bible. You're either good or you're evil, okay? I've on the streets, I've preached for a long time on the streets of Dallas around here, and all my life, almost 14 years or about 14 years as a Christian, and as I've gotten into conversations with people on the streets about Christ, and I ask them, you know, what do you think? Are you going to go to heaven? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll ask them, why? Well, well, I'm a good person. I'm like, really? Well, Jesus said there's None good, but there's, you know, all are evil. And they, they well, wait a minute. I, and then they kind of get offended. I'm like, well, think about it. Think of those movies. Think of the movies. When you go to a movie, watch a Hollywood movie, think of movies now. Good versus, and if you're watching along or you're listening along, your mind didn't go good versus bad. Your mind went good versus evil. Because that's the only two forces in the whole galaxy, the whole two forces in the whole existence universe is good and evil there's no such thing as good and bad that's a powerful point that we had to make first there's no such thing as bad people there's such things as good people and evil people but there is also here an absolute unavoidable point that we cannot go around it's unavoidable it's lengthy but we cannot go around it the Lord would not let me move past this point out of this scripture. And it has to do with Jesus' statement about good people. As I said earlier, don't be fooled. According to God's word, there is no such thing as a good person. The Bible says that there's nobody good. There's no good people, period, at all. Listen to Christ on the matter. Matthew eleven seven. Jesus teaching his disciples about ask, seek, and knock. And he makes this point about God and he says, If you then, speaking to his disciples and the multitudes that were around him, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him. Jesus has another encounter in Matthew 19, 16, and 17. And he says, Now behold, one came to him and said, Good teacher, 
Here's that word good again. People have that mindset. I'm a good person. Good teacher. What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And Jesus says to him, why do you call me good? There is no one good but God. But if you want to enter life, keep the commandments. So what's the deal, you may be saying? Well, Pastor Ed, you've got us confused. I don't understand. Wait a minute, what's going on? Jesus just said here in Matthew 12, 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart and an evil man. Jesus just said, good man. What's up with that, Pastor Ed? What's up with that? But yet you say, he says again, that there is none good but God. So what is it? Is there some good people? Are there no good people? Are all people evil? What's his, is Jesus confused here? He did say good man. He did say, you know, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, right? So what's the deal? Let me explain. Let me explain. For starters, have you ever heard that term, and I know we all have, rotten to the core? Absolutely. I probably don't know anybody that's not heard that term, rotten to the core. Well, that's what the Bible says about mankind as a whole. We are literally rotten to the core. The reason? At the very core of every person, we have an evil heart. And we're tilted at, sin, at birth towards sin. We have a sin nature. And God's word clearly tells us this. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart is deceitful above all things. Desperately wicked. Who can know it? Paul, the Apostle Paul, writing to the church of Rome, in Rome, uh, Romans 3.10 says, There is none righteous, no, not one. Paul to the church in Ephesus backs up what both Jesus and God said in Jeremiah says, Ephesians 2, 1 and 3. He's speaking to Christians here now, speaking about who they used to be, who they were before they came to Christ. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of, the, of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh of the mind, and were by nature, what does that mean? By nature, that means natural. We're all by nature, by natural, at birth, and by nature we're all children of wrath just as the others. Speaking of, of course, he was talking to Christians about people in the world, and he was talking to them about who they used to be. You were by nature children of wrath. By nature. That's your very core nature. And if you want proof of that, you may be thinking, Pastor Ed, you, you know, what you said really offended me. And, you know, I don't necessarily believe the Bible as a whole. You may be saying that. Well, I want you to go to any hospital in the world and I want you to go to the newborn baby section. And as you're watching those newborn babies, think to yourself, have those babies been taught yet? Have those babies learned yet? No, of course they couldn't have. They're brand new babies. If you are a parent yourself, you may be thinking, well, okay, I remember what it's like to have a baby. Think of this. What happened when that baby got hungry? What did he do? He started screaming bloody murder. And what were his hands doing? His hands were going like that. and They were like this and he was flailing them and his face looked like... If you were to put that mindset in a 25-year-old body with the, with the understanding of an infant, that baby in a 25-year-old's body would want to kill you. They'd have no restraint, and they'd come after you tooth and nail to kill you. Now, that's a newborn baby on up. And if you've ever had children, you don't ever have to teach them how to be bad. You don't ever have to teach a child how to do evil, how to be selfish. 
You don't have to teach them how to be greedy. You don't even have to teach them how to be mean. That all just, what are we always doing? Why do we discipline or spank our children when they're babies? Why do we do that? Because we're trying to tell them, hey, that attitude, that is not right. That attitude, that mindset is not right. And then that's why we discipline our children to teach them how to be morally good. Because innately, children at birth are born with a natural nature of sin. Hence, they grow up little, nasty, rotten, little sinners, evil at the core. But then we as parents, we do our jobs if we're doing our jobs, and we teach our children how to be good. But we don't have to teach them how to be evil. Absolutely. Sadly enough, there's nothing anybody can do about it. We can't have a pair of parents off in the wilderness and we'll just have them not go anywhere and we'll just, have, they'll have babies and those babies will be innately good. No, because what happened is a long time ago, God made Adam and Eve and they were perfect and they were born without sin and God gave them one law, one rule. Do not eat of this tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Do not eat of this one tree. Do not eat of its fruit. The day you eat of it, you'll surely die. God tells them. So, of course, Satan comes along and he says, Oh, God, don't listen. He's, he's not right. You're not going to die if you eat that fruit. He knows that if you eat it, you're going to be like him. So hey, Eve looks at the fruit. Oh, it's good for the sight. And she takes hold and she bites and gives it to Adam, who's standing right there. So Adam doesn't have any, any excuse either. He's standing right there next to her and he takes a bite and they eat it. The next thing they do, they run for the hills, hiding from God, because they were instantly instantly dead spiritually they instantly absolutely died spiritually they separated themselves from god the same thing that sin does to this very day that we live 2013 but from that point on every child they had and every children that they, every child that that other that their kids would have all were born into sin exactly as adam and eve sold the whole human race into sin when they ate the fruit from the tree so with all that being said, what about what Jesus said, a good man? Don't, I, I didn't forget about that. You may be thinking, but Pastor Ed, you still haven't described, Jesus said, a good man. What's up with that? You, I, I understand the Bible says we're all evil, but that, you know, Ed, there's got to be some that are good because Jesus said, a good man out of the good treasures heart will bring forth good. Remember, biblically, a person can never be good or righteous on their own, period. Jesus, so did Jesus contradict himself? What do you think? Do we ever read anywhere where Jesus contradicts himself? Absolutely not. So why would this point here be any different? Absolutely not. So let me explain. According to God's word, he can make a person righteous or good because he can grant it to them. How's that, you might say? If we look at the book of Romans as a whole, chapters 3 and chapters 4, we see that this whole chapter 3 and chapter 4 are really about this same subject. But I'm going to spare you, not that I wouldn't love to read all of Romans chapter 3 and chapter 4, but I'm just going to pick a small section of Romans 3 today just to show you what God says on this subject matter. Just for our point today, Romans 4, excuse me, 1 through 8. The Bible says, Paul writing again, What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according to the flesh? Now remember, we just talked about a person can't be good on their own, right? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about or get excited about, but not before God. So that means if Abraham could do something good, to make himself worthy of salvation before God. What does he have to say? He, he can then boast about it before God. But what does the scripture say? Verse 3 says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. But listen, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So as he put his faith in God in the Old Testament in the days of Abraham, God imputed to him, gave him, made him righteous before God's 
eyes. It goes on to say, uh, David celebrates the same truth where he says in verse 5, but to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, which should be all mankind, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Listen to that. For those who know that God justifies the ungodly, the man's faith that he has in God, his faith that he puts in God, is accounted by God for righteousness. Just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. He says, Blessed are those who law, whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. So a person, as we just looked at, in and of themselves, has no righteousness at all whatsoever, period, the end. How does a person become good? A person puts all their faith and all their trust and all their hope and surrenders their life to God then or Christ now underneath the new covenant. And then what happens is supernaturally, God makes that person which can be you or me or anybody that's listening in the whole world. Anybody can get saved. Anybody can have that righteousness of God. God will impute or give that righteousness to you. And then in God's eyes, he will see you as good. With that being said, who, uh, but with that said, the person who is good because God has imputed to him his righteousness to him, uh, the good man now has now allowed God or Christ to reign in their lives and decided to live their lives for God. And this person places himself under the direction of God's holy scripture or holy Bible. See, so the good man is good because God gives him that righteousness. And then the goodness comes from what God gave him. The evil man surrenders to Christ slash God and gets converted, the Bible calls it. And a conversion in the evil man's heart takes place so that the evil heart becomes a good heart because of God's goodness. Or in Jesus' terms, the sick tree with the sick fruit, or the bad tree with the bad fruit, becomes well and starts producing good fruit. Keeping that in perspective, let's look at verse 35 again and break it down. Verse 35, the good person and the evil person. So good person, or the converted person, the converted hearted person, brings forth good things out of the good treasures of his heart. The only reason they even have those good treasures in their hearts is because God put them there. The good person speaks. Now listen here. Biblically now, this is kind of where we can even look at ourselves and we'll get to this at the end too. The good person speaks love, kindness, truth. The good person speaks encouragement, positivity. He gives respect to others and honor to others. This person speaks kind, wholesome things from his or her mouth. And you say, well, how can that be? I, I mean, I see what you're saying, Pastor. I say, well, here's what happens. The Bible says that when a person is converted, God then takes control of that person. God comes inside that person and starts transforming that person to become a new person. And what happens is, is as God comes in there and you let God mold you and you will surrender to the Lordship of God or Jesus Christ in your life, you get God's character living inside of you. That's how you become good. The good that's within you that God puts there starts coming out. What did Jesus say in verse 35? A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. But now the evil man. Out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. The evil person brings forth evil things out of the evil treasures of his heart. He has no good things that God has put there. 
So what he's doing as he speaks what he speaks, the evil that he speaks, he's speaking out of the natural evilness of his naturally born evil heart. The Pharisees are an example of this evil person. Look at the accusation they made against Christ, of course, for casting out demons by the, you know, by Satan instead of casting out demons by the Spirit of God. This was an evil thing. The evil person speaks pollution. They speak filth. They complain all the time. They're always negative. They're disrespectful to others. They speak profane words or they cuss, they swear a lot. The constant garbage mouth, I call it now. It's a profane mouth. They speak all kinds of uh, words, you know, the, all kinds of, you know, belligerent, evil words that sound horrible. They swear and they curse. They gossip. They slander people. This is the evil man out of the evil treasure, which is his own self, his own evil natural heart. He speaks out of the abundance of his heart, and it's evil. And, I, and I've said this for a long time, and God even brought it back to me, this message for this sermon. You can tell who is on the throne of somebody's life and on the throne of somebody's heart by the words that come out of their mouths. If God's in charge and reigns in somebody's life, then that person's going to speak good things, holy things, uprighteous things, godly, loving things. But if you're in charge of your life, then you're going to speak evil. If you rule your life, then you're going to speak profanity. You're going to speak evil. So it's real easy, according to Christ here. Remember, Jesus said, verse 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I'm not saying it. If you have a problem with what I'm saying, go to God. He's the one that said it. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. So it's real easy to tell who's really on the throne of somebody's life by just standing around them for a little while and listening to the words and conversations that come out of their mouths. We'll come back to this at the close of our sermon. But these, again, I told you earlier, are some very powerful truths that Christ Jesus spoke in this section here. For them then, as well as for us now. So moving on, let's read verse 36. But I say to you, that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. So what did he just say? He spoke some really bad news for all humanity at the day of judgment, or this is the day that we'll die and we'll face God. He says for every idle word men or women speak, they will have to give an account of it to God. All I can say is, wow! Wow and wow, this is some scary, scary stuff, people. For every idle word, you're not even thinking about it, you're just speaking. You'll have to give an account of it before God. Think of this, please. I'm going to set a scenario here for you. You die and your soul goes to heaven. Everybody's going to go to heaven. Did you know that? <gasps> you didn't say that, Pastor Ed. Yes, I did. The Bible says... Everybody gets to go to heaven. That's right. But not, unfortunately, the Bible says that not everybody stays. Everybody gets to go to heaven to stand before God in judgment. And then at that judgment, if, you're not, if your name's not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life, then God casts you down to hell because you didn't want to be there anyway. So yes, everybody does get to go to hell or get to go to heaven. But not everybody stays. And Jesus talks about this. So this bad news. Think about this scene. The day you die, you're standing in this courtroom. And God's the all-righteous judge sitting on his throne. He's got his big judge's table in front of him. And he looks at you, and you're the, you're the person that he's judging. And he asks you, he says, hey, you, and, and you, and you. And then he puts up a projector, maybe. I don't know how it's going to be exactly. He puts up a projector, and he, he has a dialogue of every idle word you ever spoke from the time you were old enough to speak, old enough to be accountable, I should say, for your sin, to the time that you died. And he's going to say, hey, you, why did you speak all those bad words? Look, there they are right there. Look at them. See? And you, you maybe try to hide. Oh, I don't want to see it. Oh, you, too late. You'll have to give an account of it the day you die. God says, what are all those words that you spoke? 
those evil words. And yeah, you spoke some good words in there, but yeah, look, for the most part, look at all the slanderous things you said and look at all the evil. What, what is that? And you'll have to give an account to him for every evil word that you ever said that'll be right there in front of your face. All I can say is that's a scary time. That's a scary, scary place. What, what happens from there? Last verse. The result of a person's day in court with God. The result of, that, of a person's judgment day with God is verse 37. For, out of your words, or for by your words you will be justified, and by your, words, by your words you will be condemned. So the words that you choose to speak out of your mouth now during your life, that you live right now, however old you are, those words that you chose to speak in your life will either, in front of the judgment seat of Christ, condemn you to hell or justify you. And God will say, answer in. Look at all the awesome things that you said. If you allowed Christ Jesus to be in control of your life and you let God convert you, then you are making the choice daily to speak righteous words of kindness, truth, love, and encouragement to others. And these words you speak in your life now will bring you justification or peace with Christ the judge on your day of judgment. Your words will be up there too. But God will look at your righteous words and your loving words and He'll say, Wow, you tried to live for me. Awesome. Look at all those awesome words that you spoke. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Wow! If you chose not to surrender to Christ Jesus and you don't let Him convert you, then the naturally evil heart that's in you will produce evil words. And those evil words you choose to speak during your lifetime will condemn you before the judge Jesus Christ when you die. He'll look at those words and he'll say, what's up with all these words? Joe? Well, I, you know, uh, well, well, you know, I, 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 and what are you going to say? They're your words. You, God's going to make you remember them. You, your words, every word that you ever spoke. Oh, well, 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 you know, my son, you didn't even try. So, so I, you know, I told you my word was there, and, and you had my word, and especially anybody that's listening today, there's no excuse for anybody listening today to this sermon. I, I pray this sermon goes all over the world. But by that, evil words of the evil man will condemn you on that day of your judgment. So in closing, as I said to you earlier, by what Jesus said, that you can really tell who's on the throne of someone's life by the words that come out of their mouths. You or Christ Jesus. For he said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. I'm asking you today, please, wherever you are, all over the world, whoever's listening to this, will you please judge yourself today? Are you on the throne of your life? Or is Jesus Christ on the throne of your life? What kind of words come out of your mouth daily, on a daily basis? Would you judge yourself? Are they words that are loving, kind, good? Are they uprighteous? Are they truthful? Or are they wickedness and are they profane and are they evil? What kind of words are they? What kind of tree would Jesus say that you are? Would he say that you were a good tree because you let him rule in your life and you spoke good words and good things? Are you a tree that produces good fruit? Or are you a tree that's bad or evil fruit, has evil fruit or evil at the core? And you speak evil 
words, and you have bad fruit. If swearing or profanity, lying, deceitfulness, pride, arrogance, disrespectful to others are all what's coming out of your mouth, and you don't have any conviction from God telling you, hey, you better stop it or else, and then you work on that, and then you work in that way towards stopping. But if those words, swearing, profanity, vulgarity, anything, whatever, you sound like everybody else in the whole world, and you sound like the, you know, the evil on TV and the evil R-rated movies, and you don't care nothing, whatever comes out of your mouth is what comes out of your mouth, and you're arrogant, and you disrespectful, you're disrespectful to others, and it's all coming out of your mouth, and you're not even working toward repentance, letting God reign in your life. According to Christ, you are speaking out of the evil abundance of your heart and haven't been converted. You are a bad tree and you're producing bad fruit. Jesus said you will be condemned on the day of judgment because of these words and your decision to not let Jesus Christ rule and reign over your heart and over your soul. The Bible says if you realize that that's you today, that there's hope for you, thanks be to God, because He is a merciful God. But He says it's time to repent. It's time to stop. It's time to turn away from that evil way of life, that evil way of speech, and it's time to surrender to Christ so you can be converted, so that you can have a good treasure in your heart. Because as long as you continue to walk where you're the Lord of your life and you speak the abundance of your heart, which is evil, and you keep speaking it, the day you die, God will have a big whiteboard maybe. I don't know how he's going to do it, but you'll look at them all. You'll know them all. You'll see them all, whatever. There's no excuses and there's nowhere to run and there's nowhere to hide. And he'll ask you to give an account for every idle, evil word you ever said. And as you start to give excuses, his only response will be, but I gave you my word. I told you, unless you be converted and become as a little child. And little children don't naturally know how to speak profanity and vulgarity. They know how to be mean. But unless you are converted and become as a little child and put all your faith in me and turn to me away from your sin, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And by what you did in your life, God will have no choice but to say, be gone from me. I never knew you. You practice lawlessness. I never knew you. But that's you. And you can say, you know what? I, I can look at myself. I, I don't. Good goodness doesn't come out of my mouth. I mean, some good. But for the most part, I, I've got a sailor mouth and potty mouth. And I speak whatever. It's like they do in the movies. And Jesus says, you're not okay. And you've got to come to him and surrender to him before it's too late so that he can impute his righteousness unto you and let him change you. You have to let him change you because he doesn't want you to be that way. He wants to turn you to him and give you a new life with a new heart, the Bible says, a heart flowing with goodness from God. Surrender and repent today before it's too late. God's giving you that choice right now. But if the words that you speak are kind and gentle and righteous and good, and if these are the words that you speak out of your mouths today, and the Holy Spirit is perfecting your speech daily, maybe you do still say some bad things. God gave me an interesting look at this. Your heart, although still always evil, as your flesh is always evil, will always be tilted for that way. But that's why Jesus said, Come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me. We learn from him how to do things. He said again, those who want to follow after me, deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow after me. It's still not easy to speak those good words. They're there, but they're not the ones that first come to mind. But God says, if you really want to live for me, deny the self, deny that evil. Pick up your cross and follow after me. And if you see yourself working even toward goodness, then keep going. 
Keep going. If God is working in your life and you're not perfected yet, don't lose heart. God will get you there. Just keep surrendering. But Jesus said what he said was true here. Out of every idle word out of your mouth, you'll be judged for it. And for all the words that you spoke, they'll either justify you or condemn you. And people that are really people, my, my, my real Christians out there, my real seekers out there, keep letting God work in your life. Keep letting Him mold you. Keep letting Him form you. We'll never be perfected because, until we're dead and in, the, in, in you know, eternity. But God says that I want to mold you. I, I want to sanctify you. I want to make you like me. Allow Him to continue to do that. And if this message put a fear in you and a, a scaring of you, it should have. Because those words went for everybody, not just the person that's not converted. If somebody that's even a Christian, if they do, oh, well, you know, God forgives me, so I'm just going to speak whatever, then Jesus' words are for you too. By your words, you'll be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. Whatever profession that comes out of your mouth or whoever you sow or say you believe in, by your words, you'll be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. Think before you speak. And pray when somebody answers you in a harsh way. Pray, what should I say? Because I don't want to say what's on my mind right now. Because I can tell you right now, I'm in traffic a lot around here. And it's Christmas time here in Dallas. And traffic's crazy. And when somebody cuts me off, I don't really want to say, God bless you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's not the first thing that comes to my mind either. But Jesus said, all those that want to follow after me must deny self. Deny the evil that's within you because it's always going to be there. Pick up your cross and follow after me. Say no to those things because no, by every idle word I speak, by every word I speak, I'm either going to be justified or I'm going to be condemned. Think about that the next time you go to say something. Think about that, Christian. Whoa, that's what I wanted to say. Ooh, justification or condemnation? Whoa, I don't know. Well, wait a minute. Would that, what Jesus, would that be what Jesus said? Okay. Whew, don't want to say that one. For by every word, you'll either be justified or condemned. But in Christ, there's forgiveness, as we learned last week, that there's forgiveness for all sin. But we can't say, speak all that we want every day and keep saying whatever and just say, oh, Jesus, forgive me because I know you love me because... The Bible says that that's not, true, that's not true repentance and that's not true forgiveness and you will not be forgiven if that's you. So please, Christian, keep serving, keep seeking, keep trusting, and remember there's a sin in the multitude of words and speak real, think really good and long before you speak because of what Jesus' words he said to you here. So I ask you again, who is on the throne of your life? Listen to your words that you speak this very day and think about the, the words that you've spoken in the past and judge yourself now. Because if you judge yourself now and you find that by what you know of God now, whoa, I, I, I'm not converted, listen to my mouth. <laughs> then you say, whoa, God, please forgive me. You turn to him, then you're forgiven and he'll change you. And you surrender him and he can change you. It's not too late. But if you don't, and you, ah, I'm fine, I'm me and God got a deal. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be okay when I get there. He, he knows my heart. He, he understands me. The Bible says that there's no deals. God doesn't make any deals with anybody. You either live for Him or you don't. So who's on the throne of your life today? Are you converted or are you still a bad tree with evil fruit? And that's all that comes out. Judge yourself. God loves you and he wants you to come to him. He wants to convert you to make you that good tree that produces good fruit. Will you allow him today? Praise be to God. Let's close out in prayer. Thank you, dear Jesus, for this message out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Lord, I just pray that we would just really, all of us, look at ourselves today and look and, and think, Lord, for every word we speak will either be justified or will be condemned. Oh, Lord, oh, my prayer is that for the Christian out there that's, that's letting you work in their heart, Lord God, I pray that this message today would just slice away, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, Lord, slice away whatever is still remaining in them that you don't like. And I pray you'd cut that out of them, Lord, and just get rid of them completely, just convict them. I pray this message would wake them up and show them you don't play games. Jesus, you are the righteous judge of all the earth and you have to judge sin. 
You have to judge sin, Lord Jesus. And those are not my words, they're your words. You're the righteous judge, Jesus. And for out of the abundance of the heart, our mouths will speak. And what are our mouths speaking? Lord, pray we think the Christian out there would think, help them to think about what they're going to say before they say it. And help them to remember that their words are either going to justify them or condemn them. And Lord, I pray for the one out there that knows that they're just all they do is speak whatever every day. There may be some good out there, but you know, whatever, it's just the way it is, and I speak however it is. And Lord, I pray you'd show them that they are that bad tree and that their fruit is evil. Please, God, show them that they need to be converted. Show them that they need to surrender to you so that they can have your righteousness imputed to them, so that they can have your righteousness and your goodness placed within them. Because in this flesh, as the Bible says, nothing good dwells. I pray, Lord God, right now that they would turn to you, repent of their sins, fall on their faces and cry out to you and ask you to save them. And, and Lord, I pray that they would tell you they're sorry and they would turn to you with all their hearts and stop living evil and wickedness. Please convert those that are listening today or will ever listen that aren't yours. Please save their souls. I love you and we love you here, Lord God, at this church and we just pray that you Use this message all over the world, Lord, to strike the hearts of men and women all over the world, Lord God, with this message. And bring them to you. And bring them closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We would like to thank everyone who has joined us today to listen to Pastor Ed Spagnoli bring us more biblical truth as he preaches verse by verse through the Bible. It is our prayer that you are encouraged and challenged to respond to the word of the Lord today, as one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Jesus Christ will last. If you would like to support this ministry or contact us for prayer, or for any reason at all, please visit gospelsavingchurch.com and enjoy our beautiful new website and click on the appropriate links. God bless you.